welcome. I'm Jean Parker, and you're listening to Discovering How, a podcast of the Ethical Business Building the Future organization. We're a global learning community using our workplaces to build a better future. Today, we're discovering more about what it's like to change careers. Enrico Geraudi relates his personal story of changing careers from working with marketing goals to working with people. But first, Dr. Graham Boyd has a PhD in theoretical particle physics. In a significant career change, he left physics to work for Procter & Gamble. He is now the CEO and founder of Evolute 6, a network of practitioners that promote work as a strategy for both professional and personal development. He says that changing careers is more complicated than we might think, and that first, it is helpful to understand the coherence of work with the rest of one's life. One of the causes of some of the issues we face is that we think of a work-life balance as if work was in some way not part of life, whereas actually work is an integral part of life. And if you go back to villages of the past, or if you think of monasteries, in a monastery, work is an integral part of your service, of your worship, of your development as a human being. It's not something that is distinct from anything else in the monastery. And similarly, in a village of a couple of hundred years ago, the, the work was interwoven with everything else that they did in their life. And work, along with everything else in one's life in a village, was part of helping you develop as an individual from birth through to death. I don't know who said this, but I've always remembered it, that the human soul has contracted in order to fit into the modern-day workplace. I agree with that. Many people are in roles that are too small for them. And so they have contracted, their soul has contracted. Um, At the same time, especially in today's world where there's such huge challenges, uncertainty, complexity, ambiguity in the world, there are many people, especially those in leadership positions, where the challenges of the job are so much bigger than their capacity to be comfortable with ambiguity complex and complexity that they are overwhelmed by their work. Both of them lead to burnout. Let's say that someone finds themselves working in a context that they can no longer either ethically or on the basis of principles or cannot work within those restrictions any longer, and they want to change careers. What are some of the decisions that they will have to make? The biggest one for most people is going to be how they see themselves. If somebody thinks of themselves in the context of, I am a doctor, I am an engineer, I am a CEO, they're going to be unable to change to any other kind of career until they are able to take distance from seeing themselves 
through the lens of I am an engineer and get to the point where they see themselves as themselves as somebody who happens to have worked as an engineer but is not an engineer from a place of identity. So, so, so we're back now to that whole question of identity and integrating oneself into one's work. Yes. I now with hindsight look back and see that the toughest decisions I needed to take were decisions that were anchored in my self-identity as a member of the Procter & Gamble community and leaving my, the community meant changing my identity as a member of the community. And the previous big decision I took, which also happened in PNG, was leaving physics to go and work for PNG. And as a physicist, I definitely saw myself as a physicist. I, I would say I am a physicist. And the thought of leaving physics was a very difficult thought to even put in my head because it required me to give up being able to say I am a physicist. And I couldn't do that until I'd found a way of replacing it with saying, I am a PNG employee. And it was only leaving PNG that I was able to get to a point where I was saying, hang on, no, none of this makes sense. I am me. I'm going to just be me from now on. So that's one thing that people need to resolve that they may not even realize is going on, right? Absolutely. But the point where I'd actually finished deconstructing, dismantling the identity that I used to have and building one that was now truly my identity, it took another five years after leaving PNG before I think that I had, to a large extent, finished that. Hmm. And as you say, most people are unaware that that's the root of why they have so much difficulty taking a decision about changing the company or leaving what they're doing because the decision they're taking is not actually what they think it is. It's deeply hidden inside their, the link between their identity and the work they're doing. This links back to what we were saying at the beginning, that the workplace needs to become the village 2.0, but it needs the part of that 2.0, though, means that the workplace cannot be something that owns you the way that a village used to own you and the way that companies own you today. Enrico Geraudi spent 18 years in advertising agencies working with multinational clients. In his former job, he was given a marketing project for NGOs and was led to believe that this was an act of altruism of the ad agency. But he soon realized that the advertising agency was not interested in the work of the NGOs, but was only interested in their revenue potential. Ultimately, it was just another marketing account. He took a year-long sabbatical and decided that instead of working with marketing plans, he wanted to work with people, and he became an organizational counselor. Here is how he describes a typical day in his former job. Meetings, meetings, meetings. <laughs> internal meetings, meetings with clients, then internal meetings and another <laughs> meeting with clients. Some part of the day was uh, individual work because working in, in strategies, uh, I spent some time you know, writing PowerPoints, lots of PowerPoints. 
I think my life has been really, uh, <laughs> if I see my biography, uh, every day there is a PowerPoint <laughs> since I, I was working. Anyway, I mean, in spite of being in a creative agency, uh, I mean, daily job was, uh, you know, after years, uh, quite boring. What was causing that? It was a question of meaning I couldn't find anymore. At the very beginning of my career, the values into the agencies were, of course, making money, but also creating very good and great ideas. But in, uh, there has been a big change uh, in the last 10 years. Mm. So the only conversation we had was always about money and, and uh, you know, goals to be achieved, the financial goals to be achieved. Did that change in the company or was there also a change in you? Well, I think it was both. Uh, of course, half of the, of the, you know, the issue was myself. Five years before I decided to resign and change job, I, I began my, my um, training in counseling and probably that you know, has worked inside me. So overall, I was less and less interested in the advertising uh, job while I, I became more interested in working for well-being of people and to feel more at service uh-huh. to the other people. So I didn't know what I wanted different. I just began to feel that that was not my place anymore. But I, I didn't figure out at all what could have been another option. So I just gifted myself with a sabbatical year and during my traveling and explorations during that year, I found that counseling uh, school. Hmm. So you knew you wanted to make a change, but how did you find out what that change should be? (laughs) That's a very interesting question, you know. I mean, I I think that's a question a lot of people really struggle with, right? Is, okay, I know I want to make a change. I know I want to do this, but now what? Where do I yeah. land? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, you know, you know, this is my, I think this is my lesson learned, the key one. Uh, at the beginning, you never, if you talk, if you need an evolutionary change, not an adaptive change, you never know where you will end up. <laughs> and the problem is, uh, the difficulty and the challenge is that you don't move a step usually if you don't know that you will arrive somewhere because you are too scared about it. You know what you leave, but you don't know what you are, you know, getting to. Um, so I didn't knew at all what was the new option. What helped me uh, is the sense of happiness and well-being I felt while I was just moving the first steps. So when I decided to go back from the sabbatical, but uh, join this course of counseling, which lasted three years. Uh, I felt so at ease and at my place when I was at the course that, okay, I, I felt maybe that path could have been, you know, taking me somewhere that would have been a good place for me. But I didn't know exactly what to do. I, I didn't begin my But change. you knew it was right, right? But I, I felt, I, yeah, I really... I was really feeling very pragmatically that I was happy. <laughs> when okay. I was there, when I was studying that kind of topics, I was happy. Oh. In that place, I was happy. So that was my only compass. Now you said something before about adaptive change versus evolutionary change. 
Yeah. Can you expand on that? Yeah, in my experience, uh, when you when you change, knowing already where you want to land, this is an adaptive change. It's an evolutionary change when you travel into the unknown, and you, and when you uh, are you know you accept uh, to stay with the emptiness. So you are walking, and you are not really sure. You know that what you are leaving is not your place because you know it and usually you feel it. You don't really know what is the, the, the other option, but you know, into every single step, you, you feel uh, like, you know, congruency, uh, doing what you are, this kind of strategy of that kind of feelings. To me, the evolutionary change is when you, you know, what you discover is totally unexpected. You can't figure out in advance. For my experience, and I've always been, you know, employed in companies. So, you know, a very, you know, uh, fixed job, you know, a very stable job. I didn't know what uh, trusting in yourself uh, really meant until I left for my change. And uh, I really discovered, thanks to the uncertainty and to the, this sense of emptiness, because you cannot see, you know, over that hill, because you are not there on the top still. Yet, this sensation of happiness that the way you live now, it's okay for you, a sense of well-being, together with the fear that is your companion for all this process, <laughs> of course, the, you know, trouble of money, you know, all these things that are your companions, but together with them, the importance for me of trust is not only trusting yourself in your capabilities, and that's perfect, it's always the trust that something bigger and wider than you will help you. Someone could say, maybe God is helping you. It's about, it's, maybe it's about luck, but it's an intelligent luck. When I resigned, you know, it was a step-by-step -step resignment because first I have written and printed the letter, kept it in the drawers of my <laughs> desk <laughs> for some weeks. Then I signed it and left in these drawers. <laughs> And then the words are there. This there sounds excruciating. <laughs> exactly. And, uh, but, you know, the, the day when I really, I, I, you know, step up, went into the human resource office and gave my letter was the day. That day, when I took my car and went home from the office, I, 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 was falling into an anxiety you cannot imagine. I, I should even stop myself. I could not drive. I was too much anxious. I went home and my wife uh, I mean, saw me in a very bad state, very anxious and scared. And I was saying, that genius of my wife <laughs> uh, told me, uh, but of course you feel, because I was feeling like I was dying. I, like I was dying after I resigned I, mm. and, I, and I gave her that paper. And she, she said, probably what is dying is, is your fake identity. Mm -hmm. And once she told me that statement, I immediately felt better. And I said, oh, my God, I studied three years counseling and I didn't realize that. <laughs> it, it's, it's true. So <laughs> I, I was completely... Uh, completely engaged by that, that professional identity. So my feeling was like there was nothing left if I resigned. 
And, and that has been a very insightful moment. So I really realized that there, there was, a, it was not really, you know, a fake identity. It was part of my life, but I, I made a confusion. So I was counting 100% of my job role as being my identity. Uh -huh. So I was missing, you know, the other, you know, 90% wow. of the human being. How did you bring that 90% of your okay. identity forward again and replace yeah. what had been the, the identity you had with this job, this occupation of yours? How did you then reinvent that and bring it forward? I wanted to be more independent, uh, to manage my time having more time for myself, uh, working in a way I feel better with. So I can go consulting to clients, and which I do, that I do, uh, is working from home so I can also stay with my, with my kid some more time. So that was the catalyst, right? It was really about the way that you wanted to work. And exactly. then that's exactly. what then exactly. motivated and steered the change that you made yeah and because uh, living and working in the way it was uh, i think it's more in line with who i am makes that experience nourishing uh pleasant full of happiness and the more i feel that the more i choose how i want to work then i can also i can work hard no matter how many hours i work but it, the way i work is the one that really fits with myself. Uh, that's a nourishing experience. So mm -hmm. the more I had this, this, this feeling, the more I had the faith and the trust to go on on this path, which is about uncertainty. Because of course now I'm an independent professional, so every year I do not know how much I will <laughs> invoice my clients. <laughs> so I don't know, really, yes. I don't know, I don't know. But, but on the opposite side, you had this experience that, you know, it helps you to, um, makes you able to stay with, with this other kind of uh, emptiness, the uncertainty. I don't know what happens next month. Today, if someone asks me, who are you now? What's your identity? My answer is, my identity is about everything I can do next. Thank you for joining us. We hope today's program has inspired you, our listeners, with ideas for discovering how we can all build a prosperous, just, and sustainable civilization. This has been Ethical Business Building the Future, Discovering How. Get more from this podcast by sharing your comments, an article, or a link to something that's important to you. You can contact us on our website, www.ebbf.org. I'm Jean Parker for EBBF, and I thank you for listening.